Aloha, everyone. It's Amora St. John. Back again on Friday with uh, a very special Gutsy Woman guest today, Sarah Taylor. And um, I'm so happy, Sarah, you could come at the last minute. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you know, I just want to say to my audience and to others, I, you know, we've just recently met, mm-hmm. and I was sitting at the Temple of Peace on Sunday, and I heard you speak, and I was so moved by what you said in those four or five minutes that I, I actually canceled my guest for today, so you could come <laughs> and be with us before you leave, leave uh, the island and tell your story. So, thank but you. I first want to begin by welcoming you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to say that you have an extraordinary background, and in, in, uh, you're a board member of Leilani uh, Farms, is that right? Yeah, I was. We own the property that Leilani Farm Sanctuary is on. You what the property? We own the property. Oh, you do own it. So okay. we don't run the sanctuary. That's Laura Lee Blanchard. Right. But we own the property, and so I was on the board for a while, and I still act as a member. As a member. Do you live right there on the property with yeah, the animals and, and the kids and all that? Yeah. You do? Yeah, when we're on the uh, on the island. Exactly. Yeah, we're in the main house. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So you get to see everything. Because people love that place. It's an animal, animals rescue oh, sanctuary, yeah. right? Oh, I'm such a fan of people going to Leilani Farm Sanctuary when they're coming on the island. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So anybody can just drop in, or do you have to make an appointment to come there, see the animals? There are three days of the week that Layla, or that Laura Lee has um, a, a appointments that you can sign up for. Three days of the week. Oh, yep. good. Okay, yeah, so you can't just drop in. You can't. I know. Drive. I drive by it a lot on Hana Highway, right? It's uh, just off the Hana Highway on yeah. East Kuyaha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful piece of property, and um, and I know that you have a background in vegan cooking, and you've an author of a book on on eating healthy. Yeah, a couple of books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And th- th- what got you into veganism and vegetarianism? You know, it's it's a funny story. <laughs> so it goes back many, many years, about almost 18 years, when I was fairly newly married, and I had put on about 10 pounds, and I thought, oh, my God, i got to lose the weight, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and so I was desperate to lose the weight, and I went into the, into the um, bookstore in a hurry trying to find something without taking the time to read them, and I found a book called Diet for a New America oh, yes, by yes. John Robbins, yes. whose dad owns... Baskin and Robbins. That's right. That's right. <laughs> such an irony, isn't it? Yeah, such an irony. And I thought Diet for New America, it's how to lose weight. It's a diet. And it had nothing to do with weight loss. Yeah. And boy, I did lose the weight. Mm. Um, and I went vegan immediately. It was mm-hmm. so, so well written and so um, convincing. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you started to feel better on, on the food that you were, were eating, right? And not only did I feel better on the food and I lost weight. But I start that that really started my whole change in who I am as a person. Yeah, you know, I went from being kind of like, "Ooh, am I skinny enough? Or I have the cutest outfit on? Oh my gosh, my hair is not, you know." Uh-huh, uh-huh. And all of a sudden, that just stuff just was not important yes. anymore. Wow, the, yeah. the ego, the outer yeah concerns. Just, That's the word. Yeah, just what melted away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So good. Instead of instead of had that American diet of cheeseburgers and French fries, you know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, John Robbins has made a huge impact. I also read that you have worked with Jim, uh, 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 what's his name? Joel. Joel Furman. Joel, yeah. Joel Furman, who my partner Max loves and has changed his life by oh. shifting his diet. Yeah. I mean, he's just amazing. Yeah. So Joel Furman is a medical doctor who has been working on the vegan diet for all kinds of things, all kinds of medical issues, you know, cancers, autoimmune diseases, um, you know, obviously diabetes and heart disease and things like that right. but he has been unbelievable right and I worked with him for quite a long time and know him very well and so he's yeah. been 
Yeah. He's been unbelievable. I highly recommend him. Good. In fact, I read that you were a motivational trainer for him. Is that right? Or yeah. Is it so you spoke to crowds before he'd speak? Is that what you did? I did some of that, but uh-huh. I was also a vice president of his company. And so, you were? Yeah. Wow. So helped to kind of, that was right when he um, went from being a relatively small, I mean, for today's world, a relatively small uh, doctor for yeah. diet to being, you know, all over the internet and everything else. Right, and not right. the internet, just like a PBS and on the TV and yeah, so, he's kind of a hero. <clears throat> he's done amazingly well. Did did you were you living in Maui at the time? When you no, uh, out of just south of Seattle. Oh, just in Seattle. Yeah, that's the other place that we yeah. live. So we're kind of in both places. Yeah. What got you to Maui? Uh, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> I love the answer to that because I love dogs. I mean, I love dogs. Uh-huh. And my husband and I were walking down the beach on the South Shore, and we ran across Barry Sultanoff. For anybody who knows him, he was walking a couple of dogs. And, oh, can I pet your dog? Sure, sure. So as I'm petting his dogs, I hear my husband say to him, oh, you're vegan too. You know, I, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I are vegan. So he tells us about his girlfriend, Laura Lee, who runs the farm sanctuary. And that's how everything got started <laughs> really yeah so you came over to, did they have dogs uh, primarily on the, at the sanctuary no in fact they didn't when we first met them it's all farm animals, animals too I just noticed it. what are some of the animals you have there well mostly farm animals you know because she's trying to save animals that are you know might be killed for eating right so you know cows and goats and um, pigs and chickens there are a lot of chickens yeah. <laughs> a lot of chickens and yeah. there are some other ones too you know we have a couple of donkeys and you, you a couple know. of donkeys do yeah. you how about horses a couple of sheep no horses uh-huh yeah but a lot of cuties out there so it's when people place. come to see the farm can do they get a tour and they get told what they can do to mm-hmm. preserve the animal kingdom and exactly yeah so she's really good at just showing people the the animals and the farm and how they live but also you know, encouraging a vegan diet so people can save the animals. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. that's the underlying purpose, probably, of all this. Get them off, get them off meat, right? Yeah, meat, and, and you know, even dairy and eggs, because yeah. once you've actually gone through and you've looked at what's happening in the meat industry, in the dairy industry, in the egg industry, you start realizing, like, wow, it's really bad in all of them, but the dairy yeah. and the egg is probably even worse as far as the pain to the animals. And so if I if I were just told, hey, you can either get rid of meat or you can get rid of dairy and eggs, I'd probably get rid of dairy and eggs. Honestly. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, Max was right. He's, he's been researching this, and he said, i got to stop the eggs and dairy. I thought, wasn't yeah. that what's healthy for you? Isn't that the protein <laughs> that we need from, or the calcium that we need from milk and dairy? But not so. Well, I mean, there is calcium in milk and dairy, but there's a lot of other really bad things in milk and dairy that can mm-hmm. cause a lot of, um, you know, heart problems and things like that, too. So right, right. you can get those better things from fruit and vegetables and there's lots of protein in, in yeah. greens actually which people don't realize I yeah think. tons of protein and um and and seeds and uh-huh. nuts and that kind of thing and all of that nuts yeah 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 and beans beans yeah so get rid of the cream and the dairy boy that's a big one i've got to yeah. put cream in my coffee honey yeah yeah well you know if you haven't read diet for new america by uh-huh. john robbins i'd highly recommend that because i always joke around whenever whenever i give lectures which was you know I, a lot i've written two books and um so i give a lot of lectures on it and people would say oh my gosh you're just so smart and you're so like well um what's what i'm looking for when you really stick with uh, uh something that you plan to do passionate about it or uh tenacious I guess tenacious yeah. would be a word okay. that would work. Yeah, like, wow, I could never do that. I could never do that. And I say, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> that is not how I am at all. Because uh-huh. before I went 
vegan. My favorite foods growing up were always cheese. And uh, I said, me too. My, yeah. And my four food groups were instead of, you know, meat and dairy and whatever, was um, Swiss, Havarti, cheddar, uh-huh. and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three cheeses and a chocolate. That would make me so happy. Yeah, so. me too. I'm still doing that. Though. Maybe I should shift gears a little bit, but I love cheese. Well, that's the thing, so is if hard. someone had said to me the day before I read that book, oh, you know, you should give up cheese, I'd say, I couldn't. Like, yeah. I love it too much. Right, right. I read that book, and it was so compelling, and I cried so much through mm. it, just realizing just how bad those those um, situations are for the you know the uh, the the chickens and uh, you know uh-huh. like trying to make yeah. eggs or trying to make cheese or whatever's going on. Wow, um, it was just so sad. And when I read that, I literally closed the book and I said to my husband, "You know, honey, I'm." I'm going vegan, mm-hmm. and he's extremely smart. You know, yeah. he's a doctor. So oh, yeah. He's like, oh, honey, you know, <laughs> I love you. You could do that for a little while to lose weight, but you're not going to have enough calcium. You're not going to have enough protein. Mm-hmm. I said, no, 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 honey. They they talked about that. So, mm-hmm. um, um, and I'm trying to remember everything I read, but I had learned so much that I couldn't recall it all. Yeah. But boy, I just finally I said the smartest thing I've ever said to him, which was, look, you read it, and when you're done reading it, then we can argue whatever right points you have. And he said, okay, and he. Uh-huh read it and like three days later he finished it and said i'm going vegan wow it's that well written no kidding yeah it's been around for a long time too well not you know not only will i say it's been around a long time but you know i worked in um medical research for 20 years and you know my husband's a doctor so we're both really into what medicine has to say in really good Mm -hmm. medical research Mm -hmm. journals Mm -hmm. um and so when we when we looked at all that um I just lost the point we were well, talking when you about. At, when you looked at the, the, the stats, and, the, and the, your book was inspired by this, this shift from vegetarianism to veganism and getting off of your patterns of loving cheese and dairy, right? And your <laughs> yeah, husband agreed. But Yeah, so he agreed, and um, oh shoot, now I've forgotten the point I was going to make about it. But he he went along with you, though. He changed his diet as well. Not just to support you, but to do his own thing. Yeah, he was totally sold, too. Wow. Yeah, totally sold. So you weren't weren't missing it then? I'm really trying to help myself because I'm kind of hooked on cheese, I have to say. Well, you know, this was almost 18 years ago, so there were not a lot of great vegan cheeses out there. Uh There there was no place, like, down to earth, you know, especially we we weren't on Maui back then, so there was very little things to eat. Um, So, you know, I had to learn to cook better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I had to learn to cook better, and I I mean, that was okay. You know, it came out, and that's one of the reasons why I lost weight, and I did well, and... Uh But I just felt so much happier. I mean, Mm -hmm. I never really expected that. But Mm -hmm. just when I realized how bad things were for these animals, and I said, I'm not doing it. And, you know, a lot of family and friends are, oh, come on, go back to it. Honestly, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, no, it is a big deal. I'm not going back. Yeah. And I went back, and I've always felt great about it. Mm -hmm. I bet you've influenced a lot of people along the way, too, my dear. Well, I think so. (laughs) I hope so. It's true. I I I can see the shift would be not just because I feel pretty good, so why should I stop eating cheese and dairy? But... On the other hand, if you start thinking about the animals first, yeah, and what you, by having one bite of cheese and crackers, what you could potentially be saving an animal, if you could stretch your thinking to yeah. that extent, I yeah. can see where you'd be motivated. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It is. It is. And you know, when, when we talked earlier about giving up meat or giving up dairy and eggs, you know. Some people can eat almost a whole chicken in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, to eat a whole cow for beef mm. you know would take you 
months. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're really looking at all this and you're thinking, I just couldn't give up something, that's how I'd be looking at it. Like, I would not want to be putting chickens and wow. you know, small animals into so much. So did you say, you, but one whole chicken can go with one meal? Some people, Some people. I mean, if you have a person who eats yeah. a lot of food, yeah, they but, can... Do that, yeah. Right. Well, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I may just have to do this, and I would certainly be supporting Max because I think it's important to do it with your with your partner. Yeah. Otherwise, you're looking at him eating everything you're craving. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, also when you go to some of these places like Down to Earth or Mana Foods or you know Whole Foods, wherever people yeah. can go, yeah. um, you can ask people there like, "Hey, I'm thinking about a vegan diet, but I really am going to miss cheese. Can you recommend specific cheeses?" And there are now. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you when I started, it was like. Oh boy, this stuff doesn't even taste good. Yeah, but now they taste amazing. Right, and yeah. and your book is still on the market. Uh, I have two. So the first book is called Vegan in Thirty Days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both on the market, and that's really like how to go from wherever you are now to a full vegan diet and do things not just like how to give up meat or dairy, but also how to eat out at a restaurant, how to have a party at your house uh-huh. or Thanksgiving at nice. someone else's house, that kind of thing. That's great. Um, How's yes. it selling? Did you do well with it? Yeah, that did very well. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the ethers. It's in you know, it's in our, our thought systems now. That is to you, you know, you, you are what you eat. Basically. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and then the other book's very different. It's called Vegetarian to Vegan. And the reason why I wrote that is because all these times I was giving lectures at you know state veg source types of mm-hmm. um, of situations, people would often raise their hand and say, you know, I've been vegetarian for X years, often like twenty or thirty years, you know, but I just don't really see why she give up dairy and eggs. Or they might say, I can see why she give it up, but boy, I could never give mm-hmm. up, you know, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. cheddar or whatever they love. Right. Um, and so I had so that was my number one question I had was from vegetarians going why should I go vegan or how can I go vegan and so I wrote this book called vegetarian to vegan which is very different this one's really well researched and you know goes into all the reasons you know the health reasons Mm -hmm. the environmental reasons Mm -hmm. and the animal reasons why we should give up dairy and eggs and specifically yeah Yeah. Yeah, I just had this flash of of President Trump because I've been listening to the impeachment trials Mm. Um, of him just gorging on basically Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, and and it's just his whole pattern mm-hmm. of, of eating and being and speaking is so tied into his disregard for um, for almost everything, including his own, his own diet. Yeah, if he cleaned up his diet, maybe he'd clean up his thinking. Well, you know, that's how I was, and when I was young, you know, so I went vegan when I let's see. I'm 48 now. I went vegan around 30. So let's back up to like when I was 15, 20, 25. You know, I did start eating healthier just because I didn't want to be overweight. Mm -hmm. But boy, like I didn't mind eating chicken or beef or anything like that, especially when I was younger. And I would eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for me, I just I'm so grateful when I come across either a person or a book or something like like you know that book I told you, Diet for a New America. That completely changed mm-hmm. who I was mm-hmm. and then when that changed who I was and I started thinking wow I don't want to eat that you know yeah. and at first people would say why not and I didn't want to like, get into a discussion about it so uh-huh, I'd say, uh-huh. oh, I'm just trying to get healthier you know but eventually I started saying oh, wow do you know what's going on with these and a lot of people like no I don't want to know don't talk about it <laughs> yeah. but other people would say tell me like, yeah. tell me what made you stop eating yeah. this. And so it just depends on where you are and when you're really able to hear some of this stuff and, mm-hmm. and be willing to change. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you saying is it's not what you eat, it's who you be. 
Yeah. That is the critical yeah. turning point. And I couldn't have been the person I am now when I was 15 yeah. or 20. I yeah. wasn't there yet. Yeah. I, would, I would have just told you to stop it. No, I love my whatever. <laughs> I love my Kentucky Fried Chicken. I would have exactly. you know, told you to run away. I wouldn't want to hurt So if it's me. possible for you, it's possible for anyone. Yeah, it just yeah. depends on time and mm-hmm. situations. You know, what I heard you say at the Temple of Peace on Sunday, too, is that you had the golden ticket. And I love yeah. that that expression, that your life has been pretty darn great yeah and then you of course you you told all of us that you have just had a a scary diagnosis of of brain cancer yeah so i'll give them wow like the quick uh you know i'll give the people listening a quick update if you want yes please yeah so i was diagnosed with brain cancer it looks like it's stage four um so you know when you look at the medical research on that i'd likely be gone very soon um so we'll wait and see what happens (laughs) When was, when was the diagnosis? Three months ago. Just three months ago. Yeah. Honey. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I ended up in the ER as having a seizure. Wow. And uh, so when they did an MRI, they're like, "Oh my word." <laughs> did you have any symptoms up till then? I had for many years. I kept telling everybody, like, my memory is just no good, and everybody says the same thing back. Anyone in their forties, fifties, sixties said, "Oh, mine too. My memory's terrible." Well, I remember at one point I got really like, "Whoa." And it was like two months before I ended up in the ER, and I had been, you know, for I, now I'm a counselor, but my last job worked at a company called Genentech in, in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, and they, Genentech. Yeah, and we did uh, ophthalmology research, which mm-hmm. I'd done ophthalmology research for 20 years, so mm-hmm. that was my favorite area. Uh-huh. And they had created this drug that made, it's an, uh, sadly, you have to get your eyeball injected about every couple of months or Yikes. so. So not not real fun. But I'll tell you what, um, in our country, the number one cause of blindness in elderly people was macular degeneration uh-huh. until Genentech came out with that. No kidding. And they decreased um, eye uh, blindness uh-huh. by almost 70, or a little over, a little under 70%, something like that. Unbelievable. Never even heard of it before, but yeah. a shot in your eye. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Every two months forever? Or? Well, it just depends on what you need. Yeah. Some can go every month. Some uh-huh. can go every four or five, six months. But yeah. yeah, you need it the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but you know, it saves people's eyesight. Right. And people would be blind in two to three years yeah. if they had wet AMD. Amazing. So it was really, really cool. That is really cool. So you went from Genetech to this research in, into brain cancer um so i went from i went from working in genentech ophthalmology research yeah. to getting a master's in counseling okay and i ended up counseling oncology patients I, as a job as a job oh my goodness no <laughs> kidding yeah yeah and that wasn't where i was planning to go but i loved existential counseling which often discusses death and right you know, purpose of life and who you are and what you're doing and right that kind of thing. well you know it just occurred to me that's that's why you're so amazingly you know it just opened to what's happening to you because yeah. of all of your experience with other, with other cancer, cancer patients, right? I yeah. mean, you've seen their fears and you've dealt with their fears so you can do your, deal with your own fears Yeah, better. Well, let me tell you something really interesting about all these patients because I had, you know, uh, a form that everybody filled out, you know, giving me some of their background. And I always ask a few questions that I think can be interesting, like, you know, um, how's your health? Are you exercising? Do you have any spirituality going? Yeah. And what I thought was so interesting was that, you know, here are all these cancer patients in this office every day, and they don't all come to counseling. Mm-hmm. But the ones that were come to counseling, almost all of them answered the same way to the question of, do you have any kind of spirituality? I don't care what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for you. Yeah. And almost all of them said no. Really? None. 
Really? And I thought, well, this is really interesting because I did meet a few of the patients that didn't come in to see me, but uh-huh. I would just see them in the hallway. And, and I'd say, how are you doing with your diagnosis? This is really difficult, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd say, you know, honey, I'm doing fine. I've had such a good life and God is with me and I'm going to heaven or whatever they mm-hmm, believed, you mm-hmm, know, their mm-hmm. own spirituality. And the ones that were really struggling often had little belief in any kind of God. So or they were struggling more than the ones who did have belief. Yes. That's what you be. found. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell that your spirituality is intact, my dear. So so then how do you account for this? How do I account Uh, for it? For your diagnosis. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, um, this type of brain cancer happens in two out of 100,000 people on average. Really? It's very rare. And when you look and say, okay, what are the things that these people tend to have in common? Mm -hmm. The only things that are listed, which is an extremely short list, are, you know, being... um, being a, a, uh, somehow involved with some kind of strange chemical that you know you would only be involved in if you worked in some really weird right. you know job mm-hmm. that I'd never had been mm-hmm. act, you know acting mm-hmm. in at all. So the things they listed, I'm like, nope, nope, definitely nope, none of those, not even close, not even possible. Mm. And that's really common. So they don't really know why it happens. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just intuiting right now that you have this so you can model something new for people who also have cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Because I know you're walking through this in an amazing way. Mm. And um, because I think what I heard you say at the Temple of Peace is that it's an inner journey. When you have that yeah. diagnosis, you don't go immediately to the physical. You go immediately to, okay, how can I deal with this? Yeah. And how can I move through this? And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I remember having 30 seconds of a cry mm-hmm. in my car. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, my God, I could go really down with this mm-hmm. or I could take it up. Yeah. And I felt like I was at a choice point. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? You know what? I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to take care of myself in a new way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deepen my relationships and I'm going to take it up. Yeah. But my family was furious. How can you do that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> And so you're taking it up in some strange, unusual, sort of divinely guided way. Yeah. I've not... um, Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I really want to go. No, of course not. (laughs) But one of the things I will say is that I do feel like I've had a gold ticket incarnation, Mm -hmm. you know? And... What, the way I describe that is it doesn't mean that everything's been perfect, but mostly things have either been perfect or the things that haven't been perfect, I've learned so much from them that I've grown so much from that situation mm-hmm. that I've become a better and better person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really, I mean, this is what I always ask people. is like, you know, how is your childhood? Like my childhood, I had parents that loved each other. We had dinners together every night. We all enjoyed each other. It's not like my sister and I didn't have some fights or I didn't get mad at mom and dad. Of course, mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. happen. But in general, we all loved each other. Yeah. My parents were not rich, but we lived in a safe neighborhood because they could afford safety. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I had a good brain. I had a good body. So I could play softball and I could do well in school. And I eventually went to college and, you know, had a couple of jobs I loved, mm-hmm. found a husband that I'm crazy mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. you know, and these are Got things, yourself to Maui. <laughs> yeah, we got ourselves to Maui, like amazing, That's a right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I think of all those things, all being positive, I mean, that is a goal-taking incarnation, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
How amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so one of the things that people often say to me, and this is something I love to talk about, is they'll say, oh, honey, you're only 48, you know, this is horrible. And I say, it's not horrible. Like, I wouldn't give away this life or this incarnation Mm -hmm. for anything because it's been so good. Not not for another year, not for another 50 years, I wouldn't give it away because I've enjoyed it so much. Yes, oh, that's Mm -hmm. a great attitude to have. Mm -hmm. So what, what exactly is the prognosis? The prognosis Mm -hmm. um, is basically death within, well, I'm not going to have surgery, so probably less than one year. You think so? Well, if you have surgery, it's like 11 to 15 months, I think. Wow. And that the surgery takes out part of the um, cancer, and then it takes longer to grow and kill you. Uh Uh, But I'm not very unlikely to be able to do that for a bunch of reasons. Um, Yeah. Not a good candidate for that. So, yeah. yeah, so chances are I'll be more like, you know, seven, eight months total. And I've already oh, honey. gone through three, so wow. <laughs> we don't know. You know, I, I remember we'll that see. book, um, Stephen Levine's book called One Year to Live. Did you ever read that book? You know, I had that in my purse really? yesterday. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I have read it. It's great. It's so good. Yeah, it's a great book. It is. It's like, what would you do with your life if you knew you only had one year left? Yeah. I remember doing this as in a group therapy session with my friend Mary Ellen, who had a breast cancer and it was the most transformative thing I think I've ever done is one year to live because you looked at your life every week like what would I do different yeah you know so what are you doing different you know honestly I'm not doing a lot different Uh, the things I'm doing different are things I have to do different like I can't work anymore yeah so I had to shut down my counseling office and things like that but this is the interesting thing for me that I often am so grateful for is that I I often told people um, especially all these counseling patients I had, like, you know, I've done so much in my my spiritual life and reading books like Stephen Levine's yeah. book, you know, I mean, I spent so much time and effort in that. And I really feel like if I get a death diagnosis, I'm going to be okay. Mm. Now, having said that, <laughs> yeah. you do not know. I mean, that's one of those situations where, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. No, you think you're going to be fine, but let's exactly, wait and see what happens. So exactly. I was totally aware that I might not be fine, and I was okay with that. Yeah. So when it actually came and the doctor said, oh, my gosh, Sarah, you know, oh, my word, I'm so sorry, mm. you know, and my husband's crying, and mm. I'm just sitting there going, okay. Yeah. And a lot of my friends thought, oh, this is waiting to come. She, she just needs a week right. or two before right. all the right. tears will start. And it hasn't. Wow. And that's because I really feel so grateful. Mm. And, and all day long, and this is long before I got diagnosed, this has been going on for years because of all the spiritual journey I've been on, is all day long I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking, oh my God. Gosh, look mm. at the, look at Ho'okipa. Oh, we're so lucky yes. that we get to drive past this every day when we go to the, go to the you know store. Exactly. Or, oh my gosh, aren't we so lucky to live in a farm sanctuary? I'm constantly grateful all day long, and it's really hard when you're that grateful to feel like, wow, I'm getting screwed, or you yes, know, yes, exactly. You know, exactly. it's like been, a whole different opposite mindset. Oh, yeah, I've been un- unbelievably blessed. Wow, so honey. grateful for that. Well, so. I am so inspired by you. Oh, thank you. I am. You know, I have to tell you this. I'm not going to say her name, but I have a friend, not a real close friend, but a friend uh-huh. who lives really near me, yeah. who is on her deathbed as we speak, oh. on her deathbed as we speak. Mm-hmm. I just saw her yesterday, mm. and um, she has ovarian cancer, mm. and she's decided to um, end her life. Mm-hmm. And there is now a thing set up for her to do that. You know, yeah. it's just amazing. She was able to get a doctor in Ohio. 
mm-hmm. to prescribe the the medicine mm-hmm. and as we speak mm-hmm. it's happening yeah right today yeah with um wonder, wonderful uh, Bodhi b who is you may yeah. know him yeah yeah but Bodhi always says uh, we're all going to die we just don't know when yes and it's t- it just stops you in your tracks that's right we just don't know when but you know when well, you know what I think is so interesting about him saying that? Will you repeat his quote again? He says, we are all going to die. We just don't know when. Okay. So I have had many people who are very kind and loving people who have come up to me and said, oh, honey, you do not need to die from this. You do not need to die from this. Mm-hmm. And then they tell me what their belief the, is and what I need to do And all the things you can do, yeah. It could be diet. It could be some spiritual thing. It could be looking at the sun. I mean, there could be all kinds of things they have. Yeah. But it's like, you do not need to die from this. And sometimes they look at me with such, like, absolute decision like you don't need to die from this Sarah. yeah yeah, yeah. like listen to me yeah. and what i've started to say to people is would you be saying this to me if i was 90 mm. because i think the fact that i'm 48 right kind of freaks him out right like oh my gosh if she could be dying right. that means i could be dying exactly right. it's and threatening so yes. i think a lot of for a lot of people they don't want to cop to it they don't want to cop to it yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and I am open. Now, I, it's, it, I'm not convinced I'm going to die. I know that the research is convinced I'm going to uh-huh. die. But I say you never know. You, know. you just never know. Yeah. And I'm just open to whatever happens. Yeah, magic and miracles. I would love it if a magic miracle and happened. Miracles. And I know that the research is like almost unheard of for uh-huh. that. But you never know. Like, what if I'm going to be one of those people? Yeah. What, what about, you know, Andy Weil wrote a book called um, Spontaneous Healing. Did you know about spontaneous I healing? I don't think I've read that, no. And, you know Andrew Weil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That his, he wrote this probably 10, 15 years ago. But um, it, the whole book is about it can happen. Mm-hmm. It might be a kind of a fun thing for you to read. Yeah. If you choose to. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Boy, Sarah, you are modeling something so new and so great to Aww. be able to take. I think you said at the Temple of Peace, you were, you, it was the inner journey. You, were, you weren't so much focused on the outer, what to do next yeah, physically. No. It's yeah. really deepening your spiritual journey. Yeah. It really, um, I don't even know if I'd say it's it's like deepening it so much, but it's where I'm spending my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like my my spiritual journey got so deep that... Not not like years and years ago, but fairly recently, I feel like I've gotten to this place where I can now say, I'll, I'll give you my example, and I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but I I'm, I'm personally have not been a fan of, of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And so it used to be when he was first... Um, when he was first our president, I would get so angry when I'd hear about things he was saying or doing, and I would just get so mad Mm -hmm. and upset. And about a year ago, maybe not even that long, maybe six months ago, I kind of got to this place where, wow, I just started loving everybody, and even him. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that I'd want to spend my time with him. I wouldn't want to have him over for dinner. Right, you can watch him on TV if you don't have to. Yeah, 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 but I can see that like we are all in a different place and we're all you know mm-hmm. moving and growing at different levels and different directions mm-hmm. and um and he's just in a different place than i am right now and it doesn't mean that my place is better or his place is better they're just different it's places so true yeah i'm sure you know ram Dass or knew ram Dass. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that, that was his mantra at the end of life is yes. love everybody love everybody yes. and everything yes love I everybody love and everything yeah and then here you know he i read his book have you read walking each other home yes so great. Oh, it's good. <laughs> there is a section in there that a lot of people missed, but I didn't. He said, I did not begin to grow spiritually mm. until I had my stroke. 
yeah, not really that's right he did. not to the depths that he's grown yeah since he's been strapped to a wheelchair yeah and he can't even go to the bathroom by himself yeah that's when he began to grow spiritually yeah isn't that amazing yes i thought so too and it seemed like early on, it wasn't like that happened and he immediately started going uphill. It seemed like he was really struggling for the first little while. Yeah. And then he just started having this incredible um, growth in his spirituality. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I said, well, Ramdas, God's not done with you yet. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like he should have left his body a long time ago. Yeah. Because he was so ready to be with his guru, you know, yeah. Maharaji. Yeah, and um, when he when he I uh, heard his, about his passing, I th- I th- pictured his energy body just flying into the ethers, merging with Maharaji because uh-huh. he was so yeah. you know d- dedicated to this beautiful guru. Mm-hmm. And um, and so do you have a do you have a belief in an afterlife? I do, <laughs> uh-huh. and so this is. Um, <clears throat> This is something that I talk about actually with quite a bit of strength because I was a I was a really spiritual person for a long time, but then I came across this information and you know having all these years in medical research, kind of combined with my spiritual side, which can often be quite different. Yes. This put them both together, and I went, "Oh my word!" And from that day forward, I was fine. And so here's what I read. There are a couple things, but the big one I read, there were two books and they sound like they're by the same person, but they're not. One's called Life Before Life and the other one's called Life After Life. Uh And um, Life Before Life is about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had heard about that a lot. I'd, you know, studied Buddhism and Mm -hmm. Hinduism things. I knew they believed it, but I was like, oh yeah, it definitely could be. I don't know. Who knows? And the people say it's where we live in parallel universes that everything takes place at one time. Yeah. yeah. Which is another way to look at it. that too, yeah. Yeah. So as I read this, um, this book was written by medical doctors from University of Virginia in the child psychiatry department. (laughs) Mm. So this is a serious scientific group. This is not just some woo-woo group, you know, in some mountain area that wants to prove something, right? These are medical doctors and PhDs that were looking at this, and they have looked at thousands and thousands of people. And what they found is that there's these children Usually by about the age of five or seven, that's when they start forgetting their history. Mm -hmm. But before that, Mm -hmm. they often will say, hey, you know, I used to be so-and-so. Now, what they're doing now is all over the world, they'll say, hey, if you hear that, call us. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go and they'll interview the kid, and they'll say, hey, tell us who you used to be. And if the kid says, oh, I used to be John, Uh they'll say, okay, tell us what about John. Yeah. John, that was my name. Wow. That's all they know. Okay, wow. well, that closes the case because that doesn't help. Yeah, right. But some kids will say, oh, well, my name was John Smith, and I lived on Maui. I lived on East Kuyaha, blah, mm. blah, blah. I had two kids named XYZ, you know. And, and then they go, oh, that's interesting. Anything else you want to tell us? And they don't, you know, they don't. Uh, they're not old enough. The they're old enough to have the language for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they will go and they will look up the information the child gave them to see if they can prove it. And if they can prove on, go, yeah, there was a guy that lived there named John so and so, and he did have two kids with these names. And you know, oh. and then they go, okay, and they check the case off and they put it in the list of you know cases, yeah. possibilities. Yeah. yeah. So there have been some really interesting, really, really interesting stories and cases, thousands of cases now that they've approved, really? and. Um, I'm, I would love to tell you a story that I think is so interesting. Please, I got to think about how I'm going to tell it because I can't give the per- person's name away. Um, so somebody, I'll just say somebody I know had a daughter, and um, and when her daughter was about a year and a half, she was holding her on her hip with one arm, while with her other arm she was taking care of the um, uh, crib 
making the crib for her daughter. Uh-huh. And her daughter was one and a half. So she knew a few words here and there. And she could say, big dog, you know, but mm-hmm. she couldn't talk in long sentences. So <clears throat> her mom had died. This is, I'm going a slight side note. Uh-huh. Her mom had died about five, six years earlier, which is a common time, they say, five to seven years when people reincarnate from one life to the other. Ah, so five to six m- years is what they say? Yeah, that's a common time. It's not really? always. I had heard 200 years. Isn't that funny? From oh, interesting. Experts, but yeah, let's, let's these are story. from the scientists. Yeah. <laughs> And so her mom had died mm. about five, five or six years before that, before her daughter had been born. And, um, and by the way, this woman that I worked with was a physician, very, very, like, solid, straight, straight like, <laughs> not interested in, uh-huh. you know, ideas or spiritual things or anything like that. Um, and she said to me, you know... Um, so here I was holding my, my daughter with one hand who only had a couple words at a time. I'm, you know, making up her crib and she takes both of her hands and puts them on my cheeks and turns me toward her. And she starts reciting this poem from, it was from, um, here goes my memory. It's one of those, you know, older, um, poets who does adult poetry mm-hmm. who's very famous if i said his name you'd know it uh-huh. immediately but he's not like seuss who did kids he's not poetry. that well known yeah oh yeah no this guy was very well known okay but he did adult poetry okay and so her daughter takes her hands turns her uh head toward the daughter and the daughter repl- or recites this long poem this adult poem and does it perfectly from beginning to end. And it's a poem that her mother used to say to her many, many times a week, her entire life. Wow. And she said, I've never given that poem to my daughter. She's never heard it. She's too young to know it. She's too Ooh. too young to say it. How in the world could my daughter oh my have known that? And again, this is coming from a scientist who is not right. into this kind of stuff. Ooh. And she just said, Sarah, I don't even, you know, when you told me what you just told me about what you read, it makes me think about her because I just can't imagine that that's not my mother who's been reincarnated as my daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> now I really have this. Yeah, me too. Whoa. Me too. I was just like, wow. You know, especially if you knew her, you'd really have goosebumps. Wow. So this is someone you know, and is she, she, she here in Maui? Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's an extraordinary story. Yeah. Incredible wow. story. I, I thought for some reason you were going to say he, she was being, she was like channeling her mom. No. You know, through her, no. her third eye or something. No. But No. She she really thinks it's her mom back again as her child. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that is really cool. It was a big, yeah, a really big story I heard. So. Unbelievable. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, as I started telling people about this, because many people ask now, um, I've heard so many people tell the same stories. Really? And what the doctors say from University of Virginia is that, hey, when you go to India or China or places like that where they all believe in reincarnation, it's all, oh, yeah, you know, that, that was my aunt that was reincarnated as my mom or my right. It's or, more normal for them. Yeah. Yeah. But. But in our country, like nobody really talks about it. No. So when I started talking about it, saying, "Wow, I read this book. It was really interesting." I had so many people, including the one the one I just told you was the biggest yeah, story. Of but I've had so many people tell me the same thing, like, "Oh my gosh, you know, my my son said or my daughter said," mm. and I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. And so for me, that I think that's the thing that's kept me the most. Feeling the most okay about everything. Yeah. Do you want I, to come back as somebody else? Do you say that you feel like you could or would or it's, it's should? It's not or? so much that I want to come back as somebody else specifically. Uh-huh. I just want to come back with all of you guys. You okay. Know? <laughs> so many friends that I love and family <laughs> that I love. And, um, you know, and there are some people like, 
Oh, I don't even know how to say. It. I mean, there's. I'm not going to say names, but there are certain people in my life that I am sure that we have gone around together many times. Mm. It's like you just know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. Even with some, I mean, sometimes the first time you meet somebody, you go, "Oh, I really like her," but it's like the first time you meet them, you can finish their sentences right. for them, or you know what they're about ready to bring up before they've ever even opened their mouths. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking. Okay. <laughs> past lifetimes. I think we might have had a past lifetime uh-huh. or many together. Or many together. Yeah. I just never thought about coming back so soon. I love that idea, though. Yeah. The, the, the soul could actually reincarnate yeah. straight away. Well, that's, I mean, five And, and of course, years. it's mentioned on what your soul contract is, because we yeah. all have one, right? I don't know. I guess, I guess, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I wonder if the we'll power that. of intention plays here, where you can say, okay, I'm going to go now, but I want to come back and... and uh, come back through my husband or something like that yeah I had an interview with a haiku Helen who was sitting right where you are one of my early early shows about a year ago and she said she had just lost her best friend uh-huh. and they were so close they would like sleep towards the end of her best friend's life they would hold each other in bed at night and she said I am now saying things she said I am thinking like her I'm feeling like her oh. so when she was sitting here she said I actually feel like she's right here right now but I never thought that the soul of this woman came back through Helen. I just thought Helen was just feeling the, her energy or something. Yeah. So what do you make of that? I, I don't know. I find that same thing really interesting. Like, we just don't know. Yeah. And so I can tell you what I believe, but the word belief means it's not a fact. Like, you know, of course. We, well, of course it is. I mean, I, of right, course right, we right, are right. reincarnated. Well, we don't really know that. I think there's a lot of data out there now that really convinces me. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We don't can't know for sure. Yeah. So that was life before life. So so what about life after life? Oh yeah. So this is a great one too. So life after life is a similar book, and it's written by physicians. Um, and what they were looking at is people who have ended up in the hospital. They died, but then were brought back to life within you know a minute or four minutes or whatever it mm-hmm, took them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> they've done a huge study over two thousand patients now, which again. The scientific side of me is like, okay, I really like to hear these kinds of things. There's multiple um, hospitals around the country, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just like one doctor who might be a little bit off his rocker, you know? We're we're talking about NDE research, near-death experience, right? Yeah, and so they actually had a a, a list of, okay, to technically die, you have to have had these things happen, like your heart had to stop beating, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So they had a whole list of you had to have officially died Mm -hmm. and then officially been brought back to life, and then they interview them right when they wake up. Right. And about 90% when they interviewed him and they said, hey, did something happen to you? They just leave it open. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I mean, I just remember I was in my car and now I'm waking up. Uh-huh. But then 10% say, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. let me tell you what happened. Um, I was in my car. I had this car accident. I came here and whatever. And they'll remember either. Um, this is interesting. So some of the times they'll remember coming across um, dead relatives, mm-hmm. or they'll they'll remember. There's they have a whole history of like 15 items that are commonly said. So, you know, you and I both sitting here, we might have a different. If we both went through this, mm-hmm. we might have like I might have seven out of the 15 items, and you might have nine out of the 15 items, and they might be different, but they're very common. Mm-hmm. So, seeing people who in your lifetime who are dead, right, not alive. 
Nobody ever says, oh, my, my young daughter who's currently at high school. No. No. She didn't show up. Uh-huh. It's all the dead people. Uh-huh. Oftentimes, they're people who have you've never even met. Uh-huh. Like, I've never met my uh, grandmother and grandfather on my father's side because they died before I was born. So those are the, often the kinds of people people meet. or mm-hmm. And they know instantly that, know. that that's the great-grandfather or whatever. Yeah, and they know when that happens, mm-hmm. yeah. Oftentimes, they meet people who they knew uh, before they died, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, and the white light and the pure love and, and the, the unconditional white light, love. Yes, that's another thing. So a lot of people are talking about, wow, I felt so loved. Mm-hmm. This one lady said, you know, the only example I can give is like the very first child I ever had when they when I gave birth to that child and they put it in my arms and I was so happy. She said the feeling I had when I got up into that white light was like 10,000 times mm-hmm. the day I gave birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said that's how good I felt. Yeah. And many people are many people are reporting that the white light and the amazing feeling good that's like really high percentage yeah. of people reporting yeah. that stuff. So yeah. yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see that um, see that scientific research yeah. of what those, you know, people said of was course. going on the temperature. Have you been to any of the the Tuesday evening gatherings um, that are sponsored by the institute let's see what it's called. Uh, I I A N D S International Near Death Association. No, I haven't. No, no. Every Tuesday of the month, last Tuesday of the month, oh, the last okay. Tuesday, we have a gathering. Of, first off, there's people who've died and come back, and they sit in circle together like a twelve step program uh-huh. and share their stories. Oh yes. And then there's a speaker at seven uh-huh. o'clock. Is at a little church here in Kihei. Yeah. And the speaker comes out and talks all about her time out of her body. Uh-huh. With the most amazing stories. And, of course, the things we just talked about are this, this through line for everybody. You know, it's yeah. what they've all experienced. But they all have their own version of life after death. And it is so, for me, it's the most interesting thing to talk about on the planet. So I saw a, um, some sort of a video where they were talking about this. I don't know if it was a, a Maui group necessarily, but I think they have this type of group in many different places around oh, the country. Oh, they do. It's, it's been around for 25 years. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, they have huge conferences yep. and speakers from all around. It's, yep, it's now common talk. I, I even wrote a movie that's about it. I've got my screenwriter, and it's about a woman who uh, has cancer. Interesting. And she won't die until her play gets to Broadway. Ah. And so it's all about her grappling with the right to die, wanting to let herself out of her body if it got too bad. Yeah. And what it took to do that and how she had to deal with her kids who didn't want her to go. Yeah. And, and it is a comedy. It's a dramedy, really. Oh, really? Taking a serious subject and treating it lightly. Yeah. And I don't want to die until my m- movie gets made. It's kind of oh, how I feel, you know? Yeah. Because I think there's just why so I wanted you to have you on the show because I feel like it's, this is such an important message to get to people because we're all going to do it. Oh, yeah. We just don't know when. We are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We will all die. Yeah. 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 So are, so if, you, in fact, you do have these months left, do you have a game plan or do you have anything you want to do before you... Go, you know, and this is this is part of my gold ticket incarnation. I, of course, I asked myself that when the doctor said, "Hey, I'm so sorry, yeah. and here's what the likelihood is," and blah blah blah. Um, I really couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do other than, you know, see as many of my loved ones as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, which mm-hmm. many of them are out here on Maui, my friends and family that I just adore. Yeah, um, I have my family back home, of course, who I see as much as I can. I can't see patients. No. Um, which, you know, I loved my job as a therapist. I mean, so many days I'd be driving home and I would literally be, you know, have my hands on the windshield or on the um, steering wheel and I'd be going, oh, 
oh, good day, you know, because I just felt like, yeah. wow, how neat to work with somebody and really help them. Or or maybe they teach me something exactly. that day or something. gratifying. Yeah, really gratifying. So, um, you know, people said, oh, Sarah, were you just so desperately sad when you had to turn, you know, close down your practice? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. You know, of course I love my practice. Mm-hmm. I would love to keep doing my practice. But if I can't do it, but I'm still okay, maybe I can open support groups that aren't right. counseling groups. Right. <laughs> maybe I can just work with people one-on-one. There's so many things we can still do. And I'm just open to seeing what's going to happen. And, yeah. and I'm just I'm just open. Well, you know, just sitting here, meeting you more deeply than I did mm, on Sunday, yeah. I, I just have this, this intuition that maybe I could help you do this. It's to, just to journal, maybe an audio journal, maybe a, yeah. to, about your, and I know words aren't always going to be easy for you, but yeah. to somehow track your journey through this because it's going to help other people. Yeah. Like just hearing you speak helped me. Oh, and helping my you. friend who's dying right now has yeah. helped me so much in looking at my own death. Yeah. And, and to see, you know. Yeah. Ron Bross, what did he say? He's, he said, uh, and this too, and this too. And this too. And this too. Yeah. And when he woke up from his uh, stroke, he looked up in, into this wall in front of him where, of course, Maharaji, the photo yeah. of Maharaji, Maharaji was hanging. And he just looked at him, and Maharaji said to him in his head, um, now what? Uh-huh. Now what? Now that you've got a stroke, yeah. what are you going to do about it? D- did you come across that um, CD with Ram Dass that's recent? And I think the other guy's name was uh, East... Yes. East Forest? East Forest. East Forest. Oh East Forest. Good for me for remembering that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, East Forest and Ram Dass. I have been listening to that nonstop. Good. It is, Good. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's got 748 videos on YouTube. And oh, I've, yeah. I've been, because he was a, a friend of mine. And yeah. I know him back in Marin, you know. And I'm listening wow. every single day to a new video oh. or a new audio. And I'll tell you what, it is new stuff for me. I mean, it's not new, but it's new because she's, he's gone. Yeah. And now I'm really appreciating him more than ever. Yeah. And his message was so pure and great yeah. that it still holds, even after he said it 40 years ago. And, uh, I highly recommend it as one of the, your pastimes because it's it's a lot about death and dying. I a love lot about stuff, death and yeah. dying. I'm yeah. totally on board with him with that. So I've just been, like you said, you know, I'm, like we were just discussing, I've just been open to whatever's going to happen. So I had to cancel my new job, which I love, but it didn't upset me at all. Mm-hmm. And here I am instead, like, well, I'm sitting on the radio with you right yeah, now. Exactly. That's not what I would have been doing exactly. if this hadn't happened. Exactly. So. When I had ca- my yeah, cancer diagnosis, I said, I'm leaving my high pressure job of marketing and I'm going to work with kids. Because, ah. you know, the doctor told me it was 50% chance it could come back. Yeah. And I started working in an after school program. Yeah. And then I had a chance to move to Maui. Oh, so it's just like what I would never have come to Maui if I hadn't had the cancer diagnosis. Yeah. So it's interesting how the worst thing that could happen to you can become the best. Yeah. In some strange way. Yeah. I but totally it's, it proves that. itself out time and time again. Yeah. 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 We're so lucky, aren't we? Well, honey, I just want to just acknowledge you for your courage and for your um, amazing capacity to include it all in oh, this too. Thank you. And this too. Oh, thank you. I just feel so blessed, you know. Mm. I feel so blessed to be here. Yeah. And yeah. blessed to be in this situation. Yeah. Whatever it looks like, you know, right. I'm just blessed. Well, what do you think about chronicling your journey through from, from, from now on in terms of letting 
people know how you're dealing with stuff, whether it's writing it or talking it or yeah. Because I think you're you're handling this in such an unusual way for a lot of people. Yeah. Because you know it's not an easy thing. Brain cancer. Yeah. Well, I used to be a writer, and so okay. I originally well, thought that's right. I a, a couple book, books. You know? Yeah. But I don't have it anymore. My whole mind has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. My personality's changed a little bit. Um, so that's been kind of interesting too. My like my my ability. I feel very kind of ADD lately. Uh, yeah. So the idea. You don't sound ADD. You're doing great. Your, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it's it's really hard uh, to just stop and focus. Yeah. Um, but what I have done is I'm on Facebook. So anyone who's interested, if you want oh, to find it, Sarah Kennefick Taylor. Spell that. K e n e f i c k. It's S a r a h. S a r a h. K e n e f i c k. K e n e f i f i c k. Kennefick. Taylor, Kennedy Taylor, Sarah Taylor. Yeah, so starting the day after Thanksgiving, it was kind of funny because I thought I was doing this on Thanksgiving Day, but I didn't know how to <laughs> how to upload it properly. Uh-huh. Um, but I just did a quick um, video, and the video was on what I consider a gold ticket incarnation, and how mm. you know if if somebody said, "Hey, Sarah, you know." Um, what if we could give you a different life where you could live until you were 70 or 80? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, let's say we had a roulette wheel. Uh-huh. All of us. Like, this is a question for everybody. Yeah. If you had a diagnosis like mine and you were going to die and somebody said, hey, we can take, you know, millions of people who are going to live to their 70s or 80s and give you a white white ball on mm-hmm. a roulette wheel. Mm-hmm. And wherever you land, you'll forget about this life. You ever had it and you'll go into that life. Mm-hmm. You want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. now instead of dying at 48 49 like you know you'll be you'll be around till 70 80 90 you have a chance but you have to give up everything that you've lived mm-hmm. up until now yep and you might be taking something else great yeah but you know this could be anywhere in the world anywhere in the world anywhere in the oh, world this goodness. could be you could have aids in uh, in uh, f- um, uh, africa. africa you could you know uh-huh have a ton of money and live in some fancy Beverly place Hills. in New York or something, but be miserable with your mm-hmm, spouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be so many different ways you mm-hmm. live. It could be a happy place, but it could be a really struggling place. And I thought, there's no way I would do that, you know? No way I would give up this life I've had. It's yeah. been so, uh, such a blessing. Isn't it true? Yeah, yeah. such a blessing. So yeah. we, we live in the top 1% of the world. And since yeah. we're on Maui, yes. we live in the top one-tenth of 1% yes. in the world. Isn't that true? Which is pretty great to think about when you start to complain mm-hmm. about whatever it is Incredible. that you're unhappy with. I, just, I always said that to my kids. Don't complain. Yeah. We're really lucky to have been born in the good old USA yeah. and have a good education and all of that that comes with it. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. If I had time, I would love to spend time doing group therapy, you know, with with probably teenagers or mm-hmm. young 20s or something, kids, especially on Maui, yes. but anywhere, you know, because a lot of people are really stuck with these beliefs like, oh my God, I'm, I'm too fat or I'm not pretty enough or mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough or anything. And I just think, oh, yeah. <laughs> totally off base. Like that does not matter. Exactly. It does not matter. Not in the end, that's for sure. No, not, not during life. And even during life. Yeah. Like we believe it does. Okay. Of course. But look at some people. I mean, I mean, okay, so I've had friends who have said, oh my gosh, I'm fat. I'm so fat. I need to lose weight. You're vegan. Okay, look at Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> She's obese. She, she didn't let that stop her. Yeah. 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 So, it, no, it, it doesn't have to matter that you're fat. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to believe it is because Lord knows, you know, our commercials and our, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our people like to tell us, oh, you have to be thin if you're mm-hmm. going to be worth anything. Yeah. It's not true. No. 
And so one of the things I started doing, again, about 10 years ago, which has been so helpful, is I do not watch the TV. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, if I, I'll hear something's going on because people will tell me. So like you just said. So you don't watch the news, basically. I don't watch the news ever. I don't watch TV. Uh-huh. Was that true all your life um, or no, no, no. Just like 10 years ago, because okay. I started realizing around 9-11. A media fast. That, yeah, it was just very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I gave all that up. And, and it's not that I won't watch anything, but I just won't watch TV. Yeah, yeah. So I'll watch yeah. things on Netflix. And don't take the sitting. negative stuff in. Yeah, yeah I never yeah. take the negative So, Sarah, stuff we literally have one minute and 25 seconds mm. left. This has gone so fast. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Do you have a final message to anyone, actually, who's had a diagnosis? Anyone who's had a diagnosis? Yeah, just in terms of our listeners. Yeah. Well, you know, I I guess I would say that if you've had a diagnosis, to really be open to what could happen that could be great. Mm -hmm. You know, I think so many people are taught to believe, oh, it's going to be terrible and I'm going to be in pain and I'm going to lose it. We don't know. We can make a different choice. Yeah, we can make a different choice. And we also don't know where the future is going to send us. We don't. You know, it could be amazing. Yeah. It could be amazing. Yes. Yes. So let's at least be open minded. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you for being so open minded and so amazing with your own journey and for sharing it so deeply. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, gutsy woman that you are. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I knew you'd fit the bill of this show the minute I heard you speak. Ah, thank you. So thank you for coming today. And if anyone wants to hear more about Sarah's journey, just go to her Facebook page. And um, we will be back again next Friday on Gutsy Women Radio. I'm Amora St. John. And thank you to all of our sponsors and to KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. Aloha.